Welcome to the Detox Diaries podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Gwena, certified holistic health coach and detox enthusiast, and I'm here to talk all things detox. Toxins exist in our lives in many forms, from the foods we eat, products we use, people we spend time with, and even the thoughts in our heads. Here we discuss how various toxins may be sapping our energy and vitality, and how we can detox to create a life we love. Each week, we'll discuss everything from nutrition, clean beauty, body image, stress management techniques, career and business, relationships, you name it. Whether it's with a guest or just yours truly, we'll get real, raw, and honest and provide tangible tips to detox all areas of our lives. If you're ready to step into the most vibrant version of you, let's get started. But what happens if your emotional brain, instead of just identifying that there's an immediate threat to your survival and therefore makes you feel afraid? and worried and stressed, what happens if it's doing that all the time? What happens if it's decided somehow that most of your life is dangerous and that you and you feel, what's going to happen? You're going to feel stressed, worried, afraid about all sorts of stuff. And what happens then when you're in that stressed, afraid, worried state? You've activated your sympathetic nervous system. You've shut off your creative brain. So what happens? You can only see the negative in your life you see things as much worse than they actually are. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Detox Diaries podcast. This week, I'm chatting with Liam Naden. He is a speaker, teacher, writer, and researcher on our brains. And Liam had always been focused on how to achieve success, but throughout his life, he was finding that the more success he had, it seemed to lead to more stress and more problems. And he wasn't actually happy throughout that process. But then he actually ended up losing it all, his marriage, his career, and he actually found that the path to living his dream life without problems and stress was very different than he anticipated. And he explains how our brains are like machines, much like a car, and we just need to learn how to drive it to actually be able to experience the success and happiness that we're all looking for. So we discussed that stress and problems are actually not a natural part of life, the four parts of our brains and what they're responsible for, the secret to tapping into infinite intelligence and being pulled towards your dream life, how living in a fear state shifts our perspective and keeps us stuck, and the question to ask ourselves when we want to shift our perspective on our quote-unquote problems. So this was a really interesting conversation and something that I had not really ever thought about in this context, so I definitely learned a lot from this and I am trying to incorporate it into the way that I think and operate. So I'm, I'm interested to hear what you guys think about it. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hi, Liam. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here and I'm so excited to talk about this topic. So I would love for you to just kind of kick it off by explaining who you are and your story and how you got to doing what you do now. Sure. Thanks, Nicole. And thanks very much for having me on your show. I'm excited to talk to you about this sort of stuff. Yeah, well, my name's Liam Naden, and um, I'm, a, I'm a speaker, a teacher, a coach, a researcher, and really into the whole area of why we get the results we do in our life and why we end up getting a lot of the things we don't want show up in our life as well. And really, my, my background and how I came to figure this sort of stuff out and be interested in it was, for most of my life, I've really been driven by that question how can I be more? How can I have a really happy and successful life? And behind that question is, the, is the, the deeper question, how can I feel in control of my life? And really for most of the first half of my life, I tried all sorts of different things to try and figure out how I could be in control of my life, how I could be successful, 
happy, feel fulfilled, and doing all of the things I really wanted to do. And I tried a whole lot of different things. I tried religion. I, went, I was brought up a Christian, and I very devoutly studied religion and tried to figure out how that could help me be happier and successful. And of course, that teaches prayer as the answer. If you want something, you pray to God, and you know God in his loving wisdom will give it to you. That didn't quite work out for me. I, I still had lots of problems. So I tried various other things. I tried um, spirituality and many spiritual practices. I studied all of the, or a lot of the self-help, personal development, all those sorts of things. You know, I went to seminars all over the world. I read books. I bought courses, listened to subliminal tapes about rechanging your mind and reprogramming your brain and, you know, affirmations and, and positive thinking and all of those things. And I tried lots of methods and techniques. But one thing I noticed through all of the things that I tried was, although I was getting, I think, results, I mean, I was pretty successful. I had a number of businesses. I was earning a good amount of money. I was doing a lot of the things I really wanted to do. And I, that I had the freedom to do many of these things. But the other thing about my life was it was full of stress and full of problems. And it was like the more successful I became, successful, quote unquote, the more problems I seemed to have. You know, I started to buy into this idea, well, maybe problems and stress are natural. Maybe that's just that, you know, you have, you've heard all these things, you have to fight to succeed and overcome the odds. And the more you struggle and overcome, the better the person you will be. So I started to buy into all of this and thought, okay, so maybe my idea that I had in the back of my mind all these years that I just wanted to feel in control of my life, I just wanted to be truly happy, I didn't want to have stress, I just wanted to have some freedom to enjoy my life, maybe that's all just a bit idealistic, it's unrealistic, it's impossible, maybe it's, it's true what I've heard about struggle being good for you and all of those things. So anyway, I carried on and, you know, I was learning, I was still learning and still buying books and reading and try, not just reading, I was trying all of these things very hard. A lot of the techniques that people were telling me, this is the way, you know, this is the, the key to success, try this. And whether it was a, you know, NLP or some sort of mind technique or anything else, I really did try these things. But then something happened to me in my mid 40s, which should never have happened. And that was, I lost everything. I became literally homeless. I had nothing. And I had to move back in with my elderly mother to live and sleep on the sofa in her living room in her, her small apartment. You know, my, I'm in my mid-40s after a life of success. So I thought, why has this happened to me? Because I know a lot, if not everything, about how to be successful in life and how to take control of your life. I know everything there is about goal setting and motivation and thinking the right thoughts and all of these things. So why has this happened to me? And for the first time, I really felt powerless, out of control. I had no idea how to get myself out of the mess I was in. And I thought, this, this is really strange. I've never felt completely powerless, but I literally had no clue what to do because as well as losing everything, all my businesses, my, my marriage, my relationship, my, my homes, all my assets. 
I lost everything at once. <laughs> as well as losing everything, probably the worst thing was I had no clue how to fix it. I had no clue how to get out of the situation I was in. So I thought this is really weird. It was such a strange position to be in. But anyway, after a while, things got a bit better. You know, I managed to unravel all of the, all of the mess and uh, finally got through it all. But one thing I noticed, <clears throat> excuse me, was happening was my life was going in quite a different direction and it was feeling completely different. You know, I, was, I attracted a, a different sort of relationship to somebody who was quite different to the relationships I'd had in the past. And I was doing a lot of the things that I had always wanted to do, that I'd always dreamt of doing. I was also doing many things that I'd never thought that I'd even wanted, but, they, but I was doing them and I really loved them. And the money was flowing in, the money I needed to do what I wanted to do. Business opportunities were coming towards me and I was able to do, uh, do these things in a successful way. But the best part and the strangest part was I thought, hang on, there's something very weird about all this because I don't have any stress and I don't really have any problems. Sure, I'm working hard when I need to, but I'm not working anywhere near as hard as I used to. But I don't have any stress and problems, really. Things, all of these weird things, these might call them synchronicities or chance events, that things just seem to happen to me really good. So I thought, I need to figure this out because whatever I'm doing is right. This is working. And whatever I was doing before, if I'm really honest, it wasn't working for me. So that's what led me to this whole study of the brain. And I thought, you know, this is so overlooked by people, the brain, because the more you learn about the brain, what you realize is it's a machine. It's literally a machine that has a function. It's, it's, it's nothing different to your car um, in the sense that we know with our car that, if you want, that it is a machine with a purpose. It's designed to get you from where you are to where you want to go in a comfortable, enjoyable, pleasurable, and easy way. But you also know if you don't know how to drive a car, that's not going to be your experience. You're not going to get it to take you to where you want to go. And even if you manage to get it going at all, it's, it's probably going to be the wrong way. And you're going to have all sorts of problems. It's going to be a struggle, a stress, and a bumpy ride if you ever get going at all. And that's what I realized and learned was the brain literally is a machine that is designed to give us what we want in our life but nobody has ever taught us how to use it. And like any machine, like your car, like your computer, if you use it the wrong way, it's simply a sign that you're, uh, that, I'm sorry, if you get problems in your life, it's simply a sign that you're using it the wrong way. It really is as simple as that. So now what I've done is I've taken all this knowledge and put it into a, into a process which I call neurostate rebalancing which shows people how to automatically, firstly, understand how their brain works, but secondly, get their brain working in the right way. And the amazing thing is, like any machine, as I said before, if you use it the right way, you're not going to have problems. Your life is going to be quite different. And the best part of all is it can be explained, not from some airy-fairy, and no disrespect to the airy-fairy ideas, because I'm a you know spiritual, whatever you want to call it, there are, there's a lot of... Um, truth in, in airy fairy ideas but the thing about the brain is it's a scientific explanation as to why it works and how it works so when people understand that they go aha well that makes sense 
why you know it's like your car once you know that you have to take the handbrake off and you have to put your foot on the accelerator and you have to put it in gear for it to go once you know that you think well why would i do it any other way there, there is no other way and it's the same with our brain and that's what i really share and teach people and, and i hope with your listeners i can give you some insights on how it works too Absolutely. I mean, I definitely will probably want to ask some questions and end up backtracking, but there's no way for me to not just say, let's get into it right out of the gate. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm not sure where you'd like to start, but <clears throat> a really interesting question that everyone should ask themselves, and I certainly did, and how it really was the clue that got me started on, in this direction was to say, why am I here and who am I? And you know, there have been books written countless books for centuries on trying to answer those questions but I thought okay there's a philosophical a spiritual all of those are valid reasons but we can all probably disagree on those sorts of reasons but there's one thing we can all agree on and that is we actually exist in a physical world we have a physical body it's not all who we are obviously but we have a physical component and we're part of a physical environment where we have things in common with other living species as well. As the human race, we, we have a commonality with other species. So what is the purpose of physical life? If we're physical, what is our purpose physically? And the great thing is all science and all bio, any biological science scientists who study this will tell you that they have um, ascertained that there is only one purpose to all life, including human life, and that is to create more life. In other words, we're here on a physical level to survive and to be able to thrive so that we pass on our genetic information and we help with the continuation of the species. That's like every species on the planet has that same biological purpose. So we have that biological purpose. We're supposed to survive and thrive. So, okay, if that's true, then have we, if that is our purpose, have we been provided with the tools, the resources to be able to do that. And obviously we have, you know, the world's been designed that you're not just thrown in the deep end. You've, you've got a tool that's there to help you survive and thrive. And that, of course, is your brain. Your brain is the tool that we, or the machine that we've been provided with. And it really has only one function, and that is to make you survive and thrive so that you can contribute to the continuation of the human species. Now, that makes sense. But there's an interesting uh, dynamic to that, which is what does survive and thrive mean? Now, we all know it means physically, you know, keep you away from danger, protect you from disease, heal you from disease or infection or injury more quickly. But there's a mental and spiritual component to survival and thriving as well, because when you are at your best mentally and spiritually and emotionally, that gives you the best chance for your survival because that's when you're most resourceful, creative, imaginative, motivated, when you're feeling good. So in other words, it is actually your biological purpose to feel good, to be happy, to be the best person that you can be on a physical, spiritual, mental, and emotional, all of those levels. So when you really think about it, the conclusion you come to, our purpose is to be happy. It is to be the best we can be. And what's stopping us from doing that? Problems. Ah, so in that case, do prob problems must be a sort of a glitch in the matrix, if you like. They must be an error. 
they're not part of our natural state because when you have problems, you, they do not help you to survive and thrive. Problems don't make you stronger. I mean, sometimes we think they do, or we've heard that they do, but they don't actually. They actually make you weaker. They, stress and problems make you physically weaker, less resourceful, and less able to cope with life. Certainly, they don't help you contribute to life either. So problems aren't natural. It's a weird conclusion to come to, but it's the only conclusion you can come to. If you're designed to be the best you can be, and you have a brain that's designed to make you that, that's your biological purpose, then problems are only things that get in the way. So your brain must be designed not to give you problems because it's not in your interest to have problems. So when you understand all of this, or the conclusion you come to is if you allow your brain to do its job the right way, it's going to bring you your ideal life. It's going to bring you a life where you feel physically, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally at your best, and you're not going to have problems. Or the problems you do have that might come along, your brain's going to be able to deal with them in a much better way. And it turns out the physical makeup of your brain does all of those things perfectly. It's designed on a physical level to absolutely keep you in a state which um, biologists call, call homeostasis. And homeostasis means the perfect functioning of the organism. So for any species in a state of, that's the, the ideal state. It's when you're best able, it's when you're being the best you can be. It's when all your organs are functioning properly, all of the systems in your body, but it's when all your mental, emotional, and spiritual faculties are operating at their best as well in this homeostasis um, state that you're in. So it makes logical sense. All you need to do is figure out how to use this machine, which is designed to give you a life without problems and you being the best you can be, feeling happy and fulfilled, feeling what, what often the state is often described actually as being in the flow, in the zone. We might've heard these terms. This, they're often used by creative people or even athletes to describe a state where things are just working really well. You know, and yes, you're putting an effort, but there seems to be another part of you or a part of something that is making your life flow well. And funnily enough, this state of homeostasis, when your brain is operating the right way, it not only gives you good ideas, insights, the motivation to carry out um, these good ideas, it makes you aware of the, the right things to do and the wrong things not to do, but it also brings to you coincidences, chance events, um, insights, ideas that you go, I wonder where that came from. You know, that's a great way. I hadn't thought of that before. That's a better way to do what I'm doing. And it's all because this, you know, we, we don't realize how powerful the brain is. It's infinitely more powerful than all of the computers that exist on the planet. And I'm not talking about all human brains. I'm talking about each individual human brain. There's a special type of cell in the brain called the neuron cell, which is a parser and a, a, a medium really of exchange of information. And it's what... It's like the energy that flows through your brain. There's a hundred million of those in your brain. That's more than all of the stars in the Milky Way galaxy, just in your brain. And that, that, that's just the beginning of the power that your brain has. But again, the tragedy is we, we haven't been taught how to use it properly, as I keep going on about. So that's really what I'm figuring out, have figured out, if you like, 
um, in a simple way, because like with your car, you don't need to know all of the, the ins and outs of how your car is put together. You just need to know a few simple things on how to drive it the right way. And the beauty with your brain is that's the same. It is actually quite simple how to use your brain the right way, but you do need to do it. Yes. And I mean, just even the concept of the fact that, I mean, I feel like everyone says like problems are just a natural part of life. Stress is just a natural part of life. Like kind of when it comes to how to live a happy life, we talk about how to manage that as opposed to it just not really being a thing at all. So I am interested and I definitely obviously want to get into the next step of this, which is how you do it, how you drive the car. But is it when it comes to problems, is it that your perspective on the problems is different or they just don't exist at all? A bit of a combination. But what is a problem? A problem is all about your perspective. Yes. That's it. It's the way you look at something because, and we know this is true, because what to you might be a problem to someone else in exactly the same situation is an opportunity. And not only that, but how many things have happened in your life? And I'm talking to everybody, not, not you, but um, how many things have happened in our life? I'll say our life that we thought at the time were a problem and we look and we thought were terrible and we look back on it and we think that was such a gift. I'm so glad that happened. If that hadn't happened, then my life wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing this. You know, I could say that about when I lost everything. Was it a problem at the time? Well, from a certain perspective, it was. I mean, I certainly, I certainly wasn't happy about it at the time. But in hindsight, it's one of the best things that ever happened to me. So how then can you define a problem um, as, as being a problem, if you like, when it really is a matter of perspective? And part of using your brain the right way is to realize that everything that happens in your life is it's your perspective on it that's going to create your life moving forward. And you can use any experience in a positive or a negative way or, or in a, at a particular perspective. And the beauty is when you use your brain the right way, what happens is your awareness shifts because most people are using their brain the wrong way and therefore that all they see is problems. And I can explain why that is on a physical level how, because of how the brain works. But so the perspective people have is they have all these problems. But when you shift the way your brain works, you actually shift your perspective and you don't just see a different perspective. What you see is the truth. The truth about things reveals itself. And the further you go into um, using your brain the right way, the more your perspective changes and the more you start seeing things in such a different way and you see that they're the truth and you think, why did I ever look at it like that? And, and the sad part you also tend to do is say, why is everybody else looking at it in, a, in such a negative way when it's either irrelevant or it's not a problem? And really, at the end of the day, isn't that what we all want to do? That's what we're designed to do is to feel good. So if you can change your perspective and see the truth about your life, which is that you don't actually have any problems except the ones that you make through using your brain the, the wrong way, isn't that the definition of success? Isn't that what we're all striving to achieve? Of course it is, because it's our biological purpose. It's the reason we're here, is to feel good, feel happy, contribute, be loving, make a difference in the world to ourselves and to the whole human species so that we continue to grow and develop. Yes. I love that. And I think I would imagine probably this was kind of birthed out of what, I mean, kind of your, I, 
rock bottom. I don't know if you said that, but being in that really hard place when you're kind of like, all I can do is look at it differently. And is that kind of what ended up birthing this, this new perspective? Is that how you kind of got here? What I, yeah, sort of. What I actually realized what I did, and I didn't really realize it at the time. I had to sort of figure it out later. And through my coaching, I do a lot of marriage and relationship coaching, and I figured it out on, on, uh, based on the results people were getting through that as well. But really the key to it is letting go. And so this whole thing about letting go, and I'll, I'll talk, explain what letting go actually means, if you like, about how, what it means for the brain. But when you actually let go, you do shift your brain into a different place. And you actually, you know, the definition of letting go is you allow things to happen. And then think the right things do happen. Because most of us, we're battling and struggling and trying to force things to happen. And we're all stressed because things aren't the way we think they should be. But all that does, all that stress does is create more problems. And I'm sure we've all been in that situation. I certainly was for decades. Uh, you know, just keep trying harder and harder and harder and then yes i'm getting i've reached my goal and oh there's all these problems come out of nowhere and uh, i have to fix all of them you know and you make bad decisions when you're in that state yes so i would love now i'm sure everyone who's listening is like all right let's just get into it how do we use our brain the right way if you could start explaining that i'm very excited to hear Okay, I'll give you the short version because I teach this through a program, a coaching program I have. And I also have a podcast where I go into a lot of detail about it. <clears throat> but essentially, there are four parts to your brain. And they all have different locations in your head. Three of them probably people are familiar with, but the fourth one has only relatively recently been discovered on a physical level. But anyway, the first part is what I call the thinking brain. And that's at the top of your head. It's called the neocortex. It's where your brain stores all of the information from your experiences. So in every moment of your life, your brain is interpreting outside experience and, and through your senses, you know, you smell, taste, touch, see, hear. It's all coming in. It's being stored as information, as experience in your neocortex and your thinking brain. It's, it also stores your thoughts that you've had as well. So it's like a big library of your past experience. And it all, this is the part that allows you to communicate as well through speech or reading, writing, whatever. So it's your thinking brain. The second part is your emotional brain. And that's the part that, make, that gives you your feelings. And they can be good feelings like gratitude, love, happiness, all of those things. Or they can be unpleasant feelings like fear, anxiety, stress, worry. That's all created in your emotional brain. And there's, some, there's a place called the amygdala in the hippocampus. That's where they're located physically. The third part of your brain is your mechanical brain or your survival brain. And that's at the back of your head. It's, it's called the brainstem. And this is the part that's responsible for all of the th things you don't think about that happen in your body. All the automatic processes like your breathing, you know, your heartbeat keeps your heart beating. It keeps all your organs working, all of those things. And it also is responsible for something which I'll talk about a little bit in, in, a, in a little while because it's so important this reflex which is sometimes called your survival reflex or your fight flight freeze reflex and that's when you're presented with a danger something that comes along and it's a threat and you have to react to, to deal with it without thinking 
you know, we, we all know what that means. So that's all in your survival brain. Now, the fourth part of your brain, which is located physically just below the emotional brain, it's what I call the creative brain. And this part is actually what's responsible for your gut feelings, your intuition, your insights, your creativity, your new awareness about things. You know, it's where you get new ideas that don't, you, you know don't come from the information, that, that are like unexpected things, new things that you've never thought of before. You know, artists and musicians talk about this, that when they create or when they write music, they don't know where it comes from. It's not like, it, it's like something outside of them or writers, you know, do this, anyone creative. But we all do this to a degree as well. And it's also where, remember, the brain's an infinitely powerful machine. And there's nothing random in this universe either, in this world. So everything that happens must be designed on some level. And this part of your brain, the creative brain, also brings you the people you need in your life to, to live the life you're supposed to live, the circumstances, and they can be through unexpected events, synchronicities. This is all at the work of your creative brain. Now, your thinking brain, your logical brain, can't figure this stuff out and says, oh, that's just a, a you know, a, a coincidence it's a fluke it's it's good or bad luck but that's because that part of your brain doesn't understand it it's not designed to understand that so these are the four parts of your brain and how they work is you're supposed to be going along in your life in your ideal state maybe we talk about homeostasis where everything's functioning perfectly and, you, and your brain is doing everything it can to make sure you're being the best that you can be so it's bringing you the right circumstances it's giving you the right ideas. It's giving you the motivation to act on the right ideas and to not act on the wrong ideas. It's giving you awareness, creativity, all of those things. And you feel really good. You feel loving. You have gratitude, all of those great things. So that's how you're supposed to be all the time. And the way that works is all of this information that's coming into your thinking brain in every moment because through your senses, your emotional brain has one very important function. And that is, it has to decide. It has to make a decision, and, and it does this in every split second of your life. It's making a decision about what all of this information means. And if it says, and there's a way it does this, but just for now, believe me that it, this is what it does. Okay. <laughs> um, but basically, what it's saying, it's saying, is that what is in this in the environment right now? Is it safe or is it dangerous? And if it says it's safe. Great. And it produces hormones, neurotransmitters, chemicals that are like a signal to the rest of your body to say everything's safe. And what, and what are they? They're the ones that make you feel good. So you feel happy. You feel loving, grateful, all of those things. That's your brain saying you live in a, your environment's perfectly safe. You can just get on being the best you can be, allowing your creative brain to, to bring you all the right things and do all the right things. And you can just carry on being the best you can be and enjoying your life, okay? So, but if the um, emotional brain is looking around, gathering all this information, and it has, makes a decision that something's dangerous for you, it's going to do something quite different. Now, this is the, and it's going to activate that fight, flight, freeze mechanism, that survival mechanism. Now, this is absolutely brilliant, and it's essential for survival, because if you're walking along and you're being happy and you're enjoying your life, but say in prehistoric times, a lion rushes out of the jungle at you and roars at you, 
you know, you'd, you have to have a mechanism to identify that that is a real threat and danger to you. You know, you can't just be happy about it and say, hello, lion, <laughs> you, you know, you'll be dead. So what your um, emotional brain does is it recognizes there is a threat and a danger to you. And it bypasses your creative brain, it bypasses your thinking brain, and it gets you to react. And that's when you run away from the lion or you, you try and fight it or you shout out for help or you, you know, whatever you need to do, you react. And we know what that feels like. We're not thinking. It's like something I, I just reacted without thinking. So that's absolutely perfect because um, you don't have time in that situation to think and figure it out. But what actually happens on a physical level, you activate something called the sympathetic nervous system. And what that does is it sends a message. So the way it does this, your emotional brain, instead of sending all the good feeling hormones to say everything's safe, it sends these hormones like cortisol, adrenaline, which says danger, warning, bang. And that puts your body and your brain into a completely different state where you're completely focused on eliminating any danger, any threat to your survival that exists right there and then. Okay? so. Now, that's really perfect for a situation where it is an immediate danger. It's designed to be a very quick, get rid of, you know, all the resources physically to just uh, direct to get rid of that danger, whether you need to fight it or run away or, or shout or whatever. So that's perfect. But the problem is, with that comes some negatives. Well, they're not really negatives. They're perfect in that situation. One is it blocks your awareness. So all of your creative brain is shut down because that is of no use to you to, to deal with an immediate threat. Because you can imagine, you know, a lion's running out at you in the, from the forest and you go, hmm, now I think I need to sit down here and figure out what's going on. Is this a danger or is it not? Now, what are all the components? And perhaps I'll come up with a bit of a plan and evaluate the various options I might have here to deal with this, if it indeed it is a danger. But it can't be that bad anyway, because Look at the beautiful flowers in this forest and the trees, and I can see the sunlight coming through. You know, it's not so bad after all. Now, you know, that, that's ridiculous, isn't it? It sounds ridiculous. And of course, that's why your brain shuts off all of that create, the creative part when it's dealing with a, a, a danger or a threat. And the other thing it does is it changes your awareness and perspective because it doesn't want you looking at all the nice things. It just wants you focused on the danger. So it's looking for danger. And it might be the lion. It is the lion. But are there any other dangers? Are there any other threats? Any other problems? Any other things that can, can hurt or harm me? And it's on the constant lookout for that and nothing else. Now, again, I don't know if you can see where I'm going with this. This is all perfect when you're in that situation. But what happens if your emotional brain, instead of just identifying that there's immediate, an immediate threat to your survival and therefore makes you feel afraid, and worried and stressed what happens if it's doing that all the time what happens if it's decided somehow that most of your life is dangerous and that you and you feel what's going to happen you're going to feel stressed worried afraid about all sorts of stuff and what happens then when you're in that stressed afraid worried state you've activated your sympathetic nervous system you've shut off your creative brain so what happens you can only see the negative in your life you see things as much worse than they actually are. And the worst part of it of all, all of the resources that you need to fix that problem, your creativity, your imagination, your ability to see the big picture, 
your motivation to want to do things. Because one of the things that happens when you're in this fight flight state is you're not motivated to do much. You know, it's why they call it the freeze state. And it's why when you're not feeling good, you're not motivated to do much. So you've blocked all of that ability. You've basically blocked everything that you need to solve your problem by being stressed and worried about it. And this is all on a physical level. It's not just about, I've been, I wish I could not feel bad. Um, it's about using your machine the right way. If, and essentially the point I'm making is if you feel bad, if you feel stressed and worried, you're not going to be able to see the right way to live your life and you're not going to be able to do it. And your brain is going to create problems for you because one of the things it's doing is it's looking for problems. And if it can't find them, it's going to make some because that's the state you're in is designed to do that. And that takes a terrible toll on our body as well as our mind because we're only designed to be in that state for split seconds at a time or just a very short period of time. You know, it puts tremendous pressure on all our organs and our, you know, our heart rate goes up, our breathing um, go, becomes shallow. All of that, it puts great stress on our body. So we're only supposed to use it for those, you know, short, real threats. We're not supposed to use it most of the time. So what I realized, coming back to letting go, when you actually do let go, fully let go, you stop being afraid and you start and when you stop being afraid, your creative brain can start to do its job. Fix the problems you've got, stop you make creating more problems and moving you in the direction of what you're supposed to be doing to be the best and happiest that you can be. Now, the Bible talks about this. You know, the Bible's one of the greatest success. I used to be religious and, you know, I'm not a practicing religious person now, but I could, but there's so much value in religion and what it actually teaches. And it's the best success manual for how to use your brain the right way that exists, or one of them. Because what does it say more than 300 times in the Bible? Be not afraid. <laughs> and it's not saying that because, you know, it's a nice idea, you know. It's saying that because if you're afraid, you're not using your brain properly. You can't live your life properly. So your number one goal in life is to get rid of your fear. And the great thing about your show, you know, you talk about toxicity. The greatest toxicity we have of all is the toxin we put into our brain because that gets us working in the wrong way. You know, it, it literally blocks our ability to allow our brain to create the life we're supposed to live. Also says in the Bible, give no thought for tomorrow. Do not be anxious. Look at the tree. I can't remember the exact quote, but do, the lilies in the fields, they're not worried about what they, you know, what happens to them. Look at how much greater you are. Don't you think you're going to be looked after? And what's looking after you is your creative brain. Your creative brain is really your connection to infinite intelligence. And it knows a lot more than, than what you think you know, because what you think you know is all create, um, contained in your thinking brain. And it's based on your past experience. You don't have access from your thinking brain to infinite intelligence. And that's why trying to solve problems, by trying to figure stuff out, trying to get more information and being stressed and worried and, and, and pushing hard is actually, in my experience, <laughs> and people I've helped with this and worked through with this and people I've seen through their own through observation, that's not what works. It just doesn't work. You know, you've got to allow this part of your brain, this infinite machine to do its job and it will. Wow. That's so interesting. And it's just, it's just so crazy too, because I mean, 99% of the world lives in that 
you know, that state of every, you know, everyone's constantly talking about their problems. I know I am. That's a lot of what I talk about on the show. And, you know, a lot of it is like overcoming them, but definitely still the fact that they exist in our lives. And I think it's so interesting when you talk about letting go, because I think the first thing like I'm as a guest or sorry, as a listener listening to this would probably be like, well, things in my life are just, they are problems. And I can't, how do you let go? Like, what is the first step? Because I think probably letting go is what people are the most afraid of because in so many ways we think we almost think that the more we worry and we think and we problem solve exactly like you said, we think that's the solution, but it's kind of actually, it's the problem. (laughs) So how, when we're in this cycle, like, do we like, what is the first step to letting go? Well, this is why I've developed neurostate rebalancing as a way to fast track it to help people let go. But I think um, one of the keys is really just what we've been talking about is to understand who you are and how you work, because it's a bit like um, any other form of toxicity. Um, you, You know, if someone gives you a glass of hydrochloric acid and says, drink it, they can give you a, they can offer a million dollars or anything you like but you're not going to drink it because you know it's going to damage you. It's just not, it's not going to be good for you. So it's the same with the way our brain works. When we understand, the more we understand how our brain works, the easier it is to let go. Because, you know, another example, the same with the car, when you understand how, how to drive it, you wouldn't dream of getting into it. And you'd say, all right, well, I've got some problems and I need to sort out, but I'm not going to solve them by by leaving the handbrake on or putting the wrong fuel in the tank, that's not, it's not going to help. So the more you understand really what I've been trying to explain about how your brain works, the more you realize this is the only way. And the beauty is you can say, well, I'm surrounded by my problems. Yes, but how are you going to solve problems? Because I don't know about you or your listeners, but you know, most of my life it was just continuous problems. And I thought I'll learn a new technique or a new um, I'll become more motivated or I'll, I'll change. There's something wrong with my thoughts or I'll, I'll try and force myself to think different thoughts or whatever it is. Um, but the problems still keep coming. So doesn't, and I was talking to someone recently and he said, you know, maybe I should try something different after all of these years of trying things that, if I'm really honest, haven't worked because I've still got problems. So obviously that way doesn't work. So if you do have problems in your life, you have to at some point accept the only way I'm going to fix these is by doing something differently. And that's where understanding that if you have an infinite machine at your disposal, whose job is to create for you for an ideal life, it is going to get rid of your problems if you allow it to. But you have to believe, I'm not saying believe from a faith point of view, but you have to know that it can do it and it will do it if you allow it to do it. And this is the big problem for people, isn't it? Is how do you move from this fear-based brain, which is saying you've got to be in control, you've got to fix things, you've got to figure it out, you've got to, you know, I can't just let something else solve my problems. I need to, I think I'm in control. But you're not in control in that state. When you're really in control of your life is when you're allowing your brain to do the work for you. I mean, you've got to play your part, but when you're allowing it to fix everything for you, and you know, that often means some difficult decisions for people. I do a lot of marriage and relationship coaching, as I mentioned, and very often I'm de- helping people who 
their biggest problem is that their spouse, their husband or wife wants a divorce and they don't want a divorce. They actually have coaching programs for this. But, you know, I talk to people because I do personal coaching as well. And sometimes, often, in fact, they're just in the wrong marriage. They've been there for, in the wrong marriage for 20 or 30 years. All of their friends have been telling them, you know, you're in the wrong marriage. That's the solution to your problem is to get out of that situation. But they can't see it because they're in the stressed state and their brain won't allow them to see it. So they're still struggling with the problem. And I'm sure everyone's been in this situation, actually, where you've had a friend, you can see what the solution to their problem is, and they can't, and they're busy justifying, oh, no, I, you know, I'm going to work on it, and I'm going to fix it, and what you're saying where I should just let it go, you know, forget about it. It's not just relationships, it's businesses, jobs, careers, other people in your life. Sometimes you know, or you would know if you, if you allowed your brain to see it, they're just wrong for you. And the only thing stopping you, again, what's stopping you from changing and just saying goodbye? Fear. You're worried about the future. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't trust that your brain knows what's going to happen. It's going to bring you the perfect things if you just play your part. But this is why we hold on to problems, because we're afraid. We don't know that, that just by letting it go and saying, look, I throw that problem in the bin. I'm not going to deal with it anymore. Whoever that person is, they can get out of my life or I'll leave or I'll, I'll close that part of my business down or I'll, I'll resign from that job or whatever it is. That's it. And I'll just trust that this other part of my brain, by me doing that, it's telling me it's the right decision firstly, and it'll bring me a, a better replacement. And that is what happens when you do that. And, and I'm sure, you know, I've, I've certainly been in, <laughs> in uh, <clears throat> toxic relationships and and made bad business decisions. And when, when I finally just decided, no, that's enough, um, you know, it was a bit scary for a while. But things worked out to be better. And, and many people I've coached, you know, when they've made this decision, say, about their relationship, they contact me later and say, oh, if only I'd known. My life is so much better now. Why did I take 20 years to make that decision and get rid of that toxic situation in my business or whatever? Why didn't I just trust it? I, I didn't know that something better would come along, but it sure has. And of course, it must come along. That's what your brain is designed to do. Your brain all the time is looking for the best things for you. But it can't give it to you if you're busy you know, saying, no, no, I know better and I'm going to make this happen. Yeah. It's an and interesting... I... oh, sorry. Sorry, right, finish your thought. <laughs> no, I was just going to go straight on to a new one so it's probably best to interrupt <laughs> me <laughs> um I was just gonna say that kind of the way that I'm interpreting that because sometimes when you hear let go people immediately jump into like well what am I just not going to do anything like you had kind of mentioned about like you know just trust what will come tomorrow like for those of us who are big planners and stuff like that are we saying like throw out your plans but I, I'm interpreting more of what you're saying is it's like actually just trusting yourself that you, if you can just let go of the fear, you're going to figure it out. out. You'll always figure it out. Yeah. Well, you don't even need to figure it out. It'll be figured yeah. out for you. Yes. But it's, it's like, it's all it. happening within you. Like it's, yep. it's like, you're basically like responding to like whatever's around you and just doing what feels good. Like it's kind of like you're in that state of letting positive things come to you, but you're still also doing what you're pulled towards, I guess is what I'm trying to say. 
Absolutely. And, you know, the funny thing is you made an interesting point there. One of people's objections is that people say, well, I can't just do nothing. But there's two things to that. Firstly, <clears throat> it's better to do nothing than do a whole lot of stuff that's wrong, that's making things worse. And for so much of my life, you know, I spent so much of my time fixing, trying to fix stuff based on decisions I should never have made in the first place. Because when, I, when you're stressed, you make bad decisions. You try and force things to happen. And there's a little voice inside you that goes, oh, maybe I shouldn't be marrying this person or getting into a relationship with them. Or maybe this person I'm going to hire for my business, hmm, got my doubts about them as to whether they'd be suitable. But you override those in a fear state and you say, no, it's, I'm going to make it work. I'm going to commit to this and it's going to work. And that comes from fear. So one of the things you do in a fear state you do a lot more of the wrong thing. So yes, you can be busy, but it's all counterproductive, stressful stuff. So why would you want to do that? But the other thing is when you're in your creative state, you don't actually do less. You, you do what you do is the right things. So you become so much more inspired to do the right thing at the right time and you get great results. Now, sometimes they're not the results you expect to get, and some, you know, we might call those mistakes until you realize in hindsight that's how you learn and how you, you gather your experience. <clears throat> so it's not a mistake at all. And of course, that's one of people's fears, the fear of making a mistake rather than realizing it's a great gift. It's a learning experience. But you're actually in this creative state. You do, you're incredibly productive. You know, you hear of artists and musicians who get in the state and they might write a vast amount of music or they might write a book in a night you know, a great book in a night. So it's not like they're not, they're sitting around just humming and, and not doing anything. Because sitting, you don't do that when you're in this creative state because you have no fear. So you have no fear of doing things. You only have a fear of doing things when you're in a fearful state. So you actually do a lot less when you're in this fearful state. And I know that's what happened for me. And I've seen it with other people as well, that you unlock this sort of creativity. You know, I've written a lot of books, more than 20 books. And I look back and I think, how did I write those? But they also just came out of me. You know, and these pod, I've got uh, more than 100 episodes of podcasts. No, no, sorry, about 80 episodes. And none of them are with guests. They're all just me talking. So, and I listen to some of them. I think, where did I come up with those ideas? I don't know. But you go get on this hugely creative um, path for your life and you see much better results. So, yeah, it's not, it's, you know, I'm sorry, you are going to have to do some work, but it's not actually work. It's fun. It's pleasure. It's creativity. You know, that's where your life's supposed to be. Exactly. So I guess, like, I want people to feel like they have a tangible, like, next step. So I guess, like, what would you say is, like, step one of when you're having that, like, automatic stressed out response, like looking at the next thing on your to-do list? What's kind of, like, the first way to shift that perspective. Um, it's an Can I just answer your question by <clears throat> making a comment on the question? Because when people are in a fearful state and they're using their brain the wrong way, they want to know a quick answer. They want to know what's the next thing I do. But that is a fear response because your brain in that state is always looking for a quick fix. Okay, so I'll write down a to-do list. I'll I'll tick it off. I'll tick off an item. I'll do something. I'll get, and all you're trying to do, all you're actually doing is satisfying your brain's need to find a problem for you to solve so that you feel better. 
And that can just be doing the next thing. And you feel better in a fear state if you're doing something. So we all want this takeaway of, okay, so what do I do? What's the next thing I can do? And that's a bit like dealing with um, the cracks on the, on the wall, trying to paper them over rather than realizing you've got to fix the foundations that's making the wall crack in the first place. Now, and I'm not saying that to negate people wanting, and I'm going to give people some good practical things to do. Don't, don't worry, because I know people are stressed and they want that. But ultimately, the goal is to realize this infinite machine of your brain, it's not your thinking part of your brain, it's the creative part when it's in balance with the other three parts and it's allowed to function properly. You're going to know what to do at the right time exactly. And as I say, sometimes it might not appear to be right or, or whatever, but it will always be the right thing to do for you. It's perfect. So that's what trust and letting go actually is. It's from understanding how the brain works. But there's a couple of things you can do to get in that state because, as I say, apart from really learning, spending time learning more, more about how your brain works and understanding that's the only way you can possibly live and it's the only solution, um, there's a couple of practical, practical things like, you know, maybe I could share. One is, <clears throat> and this is, I think, a, something I learned, and I think it's very powerful. Whenever you're looking at your life, you've firstly got to realize you can't see it from a true perspective when you're in a fearful state. So whatever you th- just entertain the idea, maybe this isn't such, maybe this isn't a problem, maybe this is a gift. And one way to, to, to explain that is to say to yourself, instead of saying, why is this happening to me? You know, we all say that when we've got problems. Why is this happening to me? Instead of saying that, say instead, why is this happening for me? Why is this happening for me? And if you ask that question, your brain's going to come up with some different answers. And you're going to go, maybe there's a, there's a reason for all of this. Maybe there's a lessons that I'm supposed to learn. Maybe I'm going through this so that I can come through this experience and share it with other people, like I did when I you know, lost everything. Um, because I wouldn't be here now, I wouldn't know any about this sort of stuff if that hadn't happened to me. So you don't know about why your problems are happening. So say to yourself that, why is this happening for me? And start to realize also, the, the other thing, really powerful thing you can do, and it's the theme of your show actually, is you have to be really mindful about what you're feeding into your brain. If you're putting toxic stuff in there, you're gonna get bad results. Just like in your physical body, if you drink hydrochloric acid or eat some bad food or you know it's not going to be good for your body, and you know it's going to probably, if you carry on doing it, you're going to end up with problems. And it's the same with your brain. If you feed your brain with negativity, with, which is toxicity, because it's putting you in this fear state, which is not your natural state, and it's only going to create problems for you, then you're going to be very mindful about what you allow to go into your brain. And that comes in the form of the media comes in the form of other people, conversations, who you surround yourself with. And that, that's all on top of your own thoughts. And often, I mean, I know it's not easy to control your own thoughts and we, you know, get, getting these negative um, thoughts that keep cropping up, but you can more easily control input from the outside. And you do have a choice. You can switch the, the TV news off. You don't have to watch that. You don't have to be in a conversation about that particular topic. And when you realize that it's toxicity, doesn't matter what it is. If it makes you feel bad, it's toxic to your system. That's it. Unless, of course, it's the, well, even if it's the line running at you, that's, that's bad for you as well. But um, when you understand that, you become very mindful 
of what am I allowing into my environment, my physical and my mental environment, physical and mental environment. So I think there are two things. Ask yourself, why is this happening for me? Immediately shifts your thinking and your, your state. And secondly, just be aware of, of what you're allowing yourself to be exposed to mentally and say, maybe I don't need that or not, I don't need it. It's bad for me, bad for me. Yeah, that's so helpful. And I think it's interesting and something I just want to ask because it's something that comes up a lot when I talk about, you know, making healthy choices and stuff like that, because the first thing my head is jumping to as someone who lives in a pure state (laughs) is like, oh God, am I never in the creative place? But I imagine like everything else, this is not an all or nothing thing. We're, we're slipping between the lands and you're just trying to be in your creative state as much as possible. Whereas the average person is just living in the fear state more often than not. So you're just, it's not like you're all there. You're not there at all. At all. It's kind of like you're trying to get as close to there as you can as often as possible. You're talking about me personally? Well, anyone yeah. in general, like oh, that oh, obviously sure. we all want to be <laughs> as close to for that sure. state. Yeah. But, you know, oh, absolutely, I, I'm not, uh, I'm still battling as well, you know, at times, not very often anymore, fortunately, but um, because I've had so much evidence in my own life to show that it works. And that's the other beauty of it. All you need is a, to have some experience that it's working. You go, ah, I can see it's working. Well, and that, that pulls you and motivates you even more to do that because you see the results. But of course, this is a process and you know, neurostate rebalancing, which I've created as a way of speeding that, speeding up that process by, under, by readjusting a few things that are going on in your brain. <clears throat> but you have to make a start and you have to make a start by understanding that, again, if you want to fix the house, you have to fix the foundations. You don't want to spend the rest of your life papering over the cracks and watching bigger cracks appear all the time, wasting all that time and effort, but you could be outside enjoying life. You know, so... Um, Yes, it's a process, and and I know most people are in a fearful state, but you're never going to get out of it. It's a bit like saying, well, people are driving, you're driving the car wrong. Well, I'm sorry, if you're driving the car wrong, I can't tell you anything else other than you're driving it wrong. You know, I I can't just be nice and say, well, don't worry. Um, You know, it's normal. Everybody drives the car wrong, and, you know, don't worry about it, or don't feel bad, or, you know, you can cope with it. None of those things are helpful when you really get down to it. And I guess that's the disappointment I had with so many of the things that I tried in my stressful state is they never got me out of that stress state. They weren't actually that helpful in that regard. And that's just being honest. And I tell the story of, you know, going to seminars and, and seeing all the people around me and thinking <clears throat> they, they look as miserable as me, <laughs> you know, we're all the success story. Why, why isn't everybody here? If this is the answer, why isn't everybody um, you know, hugely successful and happy. Why are we all here? And uh, that's the sad truth of it: is that you, if you don't try, if you don't do something right, you're just going to get the wrong result. Doesn't matter how motivated you are, how determined you are, how how hard you pray, how much you want it. You know, God, if you like, has given us this machine. He's told us in the Bible and everywhere else how to use it. It's not his fault we're using it the wrong way. It's not his fault we're getting the wrong results. He's tried to, look, he's like, I've given you the right machine. I've told you how to use it. Right, maybe you don't understand or you've forgotten how to use it. But if you're not using it the right way, it's not my fault. 
And when you talk about addressing the foundation, is that pretty much trying to shift that perspective in an overall way, as opposed to it just being like, you know, a whack-a-mole situation, whereas something pops up, you're trying to address it, but rather just having this overall view of that everything that's happening in life is happening for you and just trying to embrace that as a whole. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, because I think the other thing that you become interested in, and I teach this in my program and also in my podcast, which is called Using Your Brain for Success. But one, one of the things I think that um, we all should be interested in is, is learning more about ourselves, who we actually are. And the more we understand this, the more we understand we have a brain and what the brain is, the more our awareness shifts to see that we are more than just this, you know, pile of bones and flesh that wanders around a victim to, to what's going on in our world. And you can look at topics such as quantum physics or, or science or spirit. They're all working on this idea and they all explain in a different way about who we are. And we are much more than that because, again, some, a really logical idea that we've forgotten is we live in an infinite universe. I think we can accept that everything is infinite around us. Okay. So if it's infinite, then it also must be intelligent because intelligence, there is, there is no limit on intelligence. So it must be infinitely intelligent. But if it's infinite and if it's intelligent, infinitely intelligent, then we must be a part of it because if it's infinite, it must include us. So we must be part of infinite intelligence. That's logical. So when we understand that, or when we try to understand that, we, when we you know, learn about more about who we are and we, we realize that's the truth, that's when your fears fall away as well because you realize that you have this infinite intelligence that is designed to give you the perfect life. That's why you're here and, it, and it's, its job is to, that, that's how it's supposed to work. So whether it's your perspective or whether it's because you're not allowing yourself to be um, <clears throat> connected to the, the part of you that will do the best for you, whatever the reason, you can reconnect you can, and you can change your perspective. It is possible. And when it does, that's when your life starts working. Now, you might have some big things happen in your life, like losing everything <laughs> to, um, to, to help you shift gear. But, and so you might be in for some big upheavals as well. But isn't it worth it? Everybody I've spoken to when I've coached through this, who, um, particularly in their relationships, but other areas of their life, they've said, I was on so much the wrong track, but, and it took a while to unravel it, but wow, it's, has it been worth it? My life has transformed. I'm so glad it happened. I'm so glad I took the right action, overcame my fear to do the right thing. And now look at where I am. Yeah. I love that. And I would love to ask you, I always ask um, guests on the show what their kind of like daily habits are. So kind of what are the habits that you feel really help to keep you in this state that has you feeling not fearful? Is there anything that you do every day, every morning that you think really helps to support that? What I try and do um, is every time I don't feel good, evaluate why I'm not feeling good and realize that not feeling good is the enemy. And the real, we only ha actually have one enemy in life. And you know what that is? It's our thoughts. Our thoughts are the only thing we battle with because we're always worried about what might happen, what has happened, what, what we need to do. We have all these thoughts and we're just fighting with our, our minds the whole time, most of us. So my habit 
if you like, is to try and master my own mind and realize my thoughts are just thoughts. And if, they, if they're not making me feel good, I, they are the enemy. I don't want to think those thoughts because if I'm not feeling good, I'm not in my natural creative state and I can't live my ideal life. So that's really the only habit I have now is to be aware of my thoughts and send myself a warning that if there's something that's made me feel bad, it's just a thought. It's not real. It's just me projecting something either into the future or from the past that's not real from a limited perspective. And as I say, again, you, you ultimately realize that's the only battle we have because we're battling with this limited part of our brain, which is the thinking part. It's not the know-all and end-all part. It's not the part that, that works out our life, that does gives us the life we want, actually. So that's the part we have to stop struggling with. Yeah, don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> and <laughs> It's I a mean... process, isn't it? I mean, you know, it took me, you look a bit younger than me. <laughs> so it took me a long time to figure this stuff out. And uh, it, it's such a deep subject, even the whole era, I know we're probably running over time, but even the whole era of goal setting, you know, you stop setting goals when you're in your natural creative state. Why do you need to try and set a goal? Because you know the right thing's going to happen at the right time. And since I stopped setting goals, amazingly unexpected and wonderful things have happened to me that I had, could never have put on a goals list. You know, but and again, it's about realizing your creative brain knows what you want. It knows what you're supposed to have. You think you know, but you probably don't. You think, well, if I have a million dollars and a, a um, and this marriage with this person's working really well, and I have a holiday here, that's what I really want. That's what will make me happy. But it's probably not. You don't know what's um, can make you happy. But this part of your brain that's beyond your experience it knows exactly what you need and want to be happy so why not just let it bring it to you and just be excited when it shows up or yeah. and excited to to watch what shows up yeah it's so interesting i love that perspective and yes i mean we could obviously be talking about this forever but i do want to ask you the question that i ask everybody that comes on the show which is what is one toxic thing that you have released that's had a major impact on your life that um <clears throat> a thought you mean anything i mean it could be a person a thought a habit i mean it might be what we've been it's, talking about this whole time or it could be totally different really whatever kind of i guess it's i guess it's the thought that i i might face some danger and threat in my life and that i'm not safe that's the big fear you know the funny thing was when I lost everything, I realized what I'd been driven all my life was by two fears, one of not having anything and two of not being loved. And all of my life, my decisions were based on the fear of trying to make sure I had enough. So that meant trying to keep getting more and being loved, which meant chasing the wrong people or chasing attention, affection and approval. But the funny thing was when I, what I discovered was those were the two fears that came to me when I lost everything, I had nothing and nobody loved me. <laughs> so that helped me get over those fears and realize they weren't true. And then that's what made me think, how many other fears aren't true? So whenever, you whenever I feel anxious, I think, what's the fear behind it? It's not true. It's not real. And that makes the fear go away because it's not. 
And our worry is only of the future. It's not of what's actually happening right now, usually. Worry is just one, I mean, and as someone that's definitely guilty of doing it, it's just, it's pulling you out of the current moment, which is all we have. Well, how many hours have we got to talk about that topic? (laughs) (laughs) It's living in your creative state. When you're in the present moment, you have no fear and worry and you're in your creative state. That's the way you're supposed to live. This was so interesting. I definitely have a lot to think about how I can implement this a bit more in my life. Um, But thank you so much. This was such a great conversation. I'd love for you to just, we'll link up in the show notes, but you mentioned you have a podcast, how people can work with you, get in touch with you, if you could just share a little bit of that. Sure. Well, everything's on my website, liamnaden.com. So if they'd like to learn how to take control of their life by using their brain the right way, I have a coaching program based around my um, this process, neurostate rebalancing, which is really like a fast track to doing this. Um, and I've also got marriage and relationship uh, uh, programs as well for people who might be struggling in that area. And I also do private coaching. So if people would like to connect with me, if they're working on a particular problem <laughs> and they'd like some help on, on really fast tracking and getting some results, and I do that as well. But really, all the information's on my website, which is just my name, liamnaden.com. Perfect. Great. We'll link up to all of that. And thank you again so much for being here. Thanks very much. So I'm so curious to hear what you guys think about this one. I really definitely want to hear your feedback. And I'm going to share some of my takeaways. And also just share that I do think that this way of thinking is really so interesting. And if like even for me just honestly the idea of like not setting any goals which he kind of mentions towards the end i'm like i think that when we work towards a goal even though we're not necessarily going to get exactly what we think that goal is just having that kind of direction for our brain to get creative with is kind of part of what ends up bringing us to the things that are meant to be for us so this is just kind of my way of saying that I got so much out of this conversation, but just like everything that we talk about, it's not an all or nothing thing. So kind of really listening to this episode and really any episode and kind of, you know, take what works for you and leave what doesn't resonate, but it's not like it has to be everything perfectly resonates with you and the rest is, or the rest is just irrelevant kind of thing. So just take in what feels right and what feels like it could be beneficial for you to try and resonates in your life. And then the rest you don't have to necessarily take, but these conversations I've just, I'm learning absolutely such interesting things and different ways to think about stuff. And I hope that you guys are really enjoying this as well. So let me get into the takeaways. The first being your brain is a machine, much like a car. And when we learn how to drive it correctly, we get amazing results and success without stress and problems. Number two, for the most part, problems are all a matter of perspective. Number three, there are four parts of our brain, our thinking brain, our emotional brain, our mechanical slash survival brain, and our creative brain. Our creative brain is connected to infinite intelligence and is programmed to help us create our best life. Number four, when we are in a fear state and our sympathetic nervous system is activated, we lose access to the wisdom of our creative brain and our brain is programmed to seek out danger and problems, which is why it feels like there's so much negative in our lives when we're in that state. Number five, ways to shift your perspective out of fear is to ask yourself why problems are happening for you rather than to you, and also to stop feeding your brain negativity that makes you feel bad. 
and this is individual to anyone, but some examples may be people, conversations, the news, different types of TV, etc. Number six, we are part of an infinite and intelligent universe. Everything is ex- conspiring for our happiness. And the more we remember this, the more we can let go, which is the key to allowing our creative brain to take over. Number seven, this is not all or nothing. The goal is to live in the creative brain state as often as we can. And number eight, our thoughts can be our worst enemy. Keep in mind that our thoughts aren't real. And if we can master our mind to support positive thoughts that make us feel good, that is really the key to it all. So I, again, I hope you guys got so much out of this. I would really love to hear your thoughts. Please reach out to me on Instagram at the.detox.diaries. And as always, if you are enjoying the show, I would love if you would share it with a friend or leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. And thank you so much for being here. I will see you on the next one. Bye.